Hello, Rodeo fans, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Short Round Podcast. I'm your host, Wacey Anderson, and we have a stacked up show for you this week. We got Tyler Kraft, WNFR pickup man. We got 12-time CPRA announcer of the year, Brett Garner, joining us today's show. So it's going to be an awesome one. We'll catch up with those guys, and we'll wrap up the 2023 Wrangler NFR here shortly. But before we get into that, some new business on the pro rodeo front. So the CPRA recently announced a new multi-year partnership with Kalani Sports, which is Canada's fastest growing lifestyle outdoor brand. So look for some big things coming from Kalani and from the CPRA in 2024. I'm super stoked about the partnership. I think it's going to do nothing but good on both sides of the coin. So going to be some fun stuff coming in 2024. We got the Pinocchio Stampede announced that they're increasing their payout across the board in all the major events, which is um, some huge news for athletes and spectators and everyone across the board. Um, the Pinocchio people now pay $60,000 across all their major events, which is some game changing money when it comes to world standings and Canadian standings conversations. So bravo to the Pinocchio Stampede. Can they continue to innovate and set the bar for rodeo and Canada and rodeo in general? Um, they're always looking for new ways to make the experience better for contestants and for fans. So Looking forward to seeing some new champions crowned and some big money handed out 2024 Pinocchio Stampede. So Las Vegas events and the PRCA announced that Durango NFR will be staying in Las Vegas through 2035, which is outstanding news. I mean, when you think Durango NFR, you think Las Vegas. So um, there's no better place in the world to have it. So I'm stoked that it's staying there through 2035. So that's going to take us into our 2023 Wrangler NFR wrap-up. And what can I say? It was an outstanding two weeks of rodeo. It had a little bit of everything. There was some drama, big scores, fast runs, records broken, records tied. I mean, what more could you ask for in a finals rodeo? And we even had some Canadians walk out with some world champions. So it was an awesome two weeks of rodeo down in Sin City. So just to recap everything, in case you missed it, here are your 2023 world champions. In the bareback riding, we got Keenan Hayes. But an outstanding season, outstanding NFR. So congratulations, Keenan. Uh, awesome to see you pick up your first world title, especially as a rookie. That's that's no small feat. In the steer wrestling, we got Tyler Waggis back, picking up his fifth world title. Um, it was a hard fought two weeks by him, and he was able to pick up his world title in the last round there. So congratulations, Tyler. That's great, great stuff. In the team roping, we got Tyler Wade and Wesley Thorpe. They came in as the season leaders and walked out with world championships. So hats off to them for a great week of roping and, and getting the job done. That'll take us to the saddle rock riding where the king in the north, Zeke Thurston, picked up his fourth world championship and kind of just won the first round, put everybody else in his rearview mirror and walked away with a world title and the aggregate title. So congratulations, Zeke. We're super stoked for you taking home that fourth world title. In the tight on roping, Riley Webb was able to Again, kind of like Tyler Wade and Wesley Thorpe, he came in as the season leader and walked away the world championship and was able to fend off the Wolves and Haven Medjid and um, Caleb Smith and all them guys who were coming after him. So hats off to Riley for getting the job done and getting his world title. In the Braille race, we've got Brittany Posey-Tanazi. What, what's there to say about her? She she broke the season's earning record in WPRA. She pretty much <laughs> ran the field the whole 10 days, uh, aside from a small flip up in round 10 where she knocked a barrel and unfortunately got herself out of the average, but still was able to win enough money and take home the world title. So hats off to Brittany. Nice work. In the bull riding, Kai Hamilton became the first Australian-born cowboy to win a world title in the PRCA. And his week was, was quite the adventure. 
Um, at one point, we all thought he might be done for the SNFR, and he, he comes back and wins two rounds in one day to take home $114,000, which ultimately led to him taking home the aggregate title and the Top Gun Award at the Ring Run FR. So hats off to Kai. Great job this season. And the breakaway open Canadian Shelby Beaujolais was able to take home her first world title at the national finals breakaway a couple of days before the start of the NFR down to South Point. She roped solid the whole week, finished second in the average and was able to break the breakaway roping season's earning record. So well done, Shelby. We are also super, super stoked for you as Canadians for our Canadian gal. And the all around Stetson Wright picked up his eighth world title after Unfortunately, not being able to compete um, after the second round of the Ring Run FR, he had won enough money throughout the season to hold on to that title. And, and we wish Stetson a speedy recovery as he heals up the hamstring and gets ready to come back in 2024. So like I mentioned, we had two Canadians win some world titles. Um, just kind of want to touch on that a little bit more. Starting with Shelby Bosley, she took home her first world title at the National Finals. Breakaway roping and she'd set the tone throughout the season. She came in as the number one girl. Um, she Everybody was gunning for her and she did not let anybody kind of get into that picture. She roped super solid in the, at the, at the South point, like I said, finishing second in the average and putting some solid runs together. So congratulations, Shelby. We, we, again, we're super, super stoked for you to, to win your first world title. And it's the first of many, nobody works harder than hers. So awesome stuff. And once again, we're going to talk about Zeke Thurston. Zeke became the first saddle bronc rider to win the world championship and NFR aggregate title in back-to-back years. And he broke his own earnings record collecting $456,000 throughout the 2023 season. Uh, accompanied by almost a quarter of a million dollars won at the NFR. So awesome stuff, Zeke. And he also joins Canadian Pete Knight as the only two Canadian saddle rock riders to win four world titles. So it's, I think it's pretty safe to say that Zeke might break Pete's record for most titles won by a Canadian in the saddle rock riding in the PRCA. So again, hats off to Zeke, man. Like, another cool thing to note about the 2023 NFR, like I mentioned at the top of the show, pickup man Tyler Kraft got selected to work his first NFR, which was super cool news. And he becomes one of three Canadians joining Wayne Bold and Gary Rempel as the only Canadians to work the NFR. So I'm super stoked to talk to Tyler. Um, he's got a cool story. He does has a, probably the coolest job in the world as a Calgary Stampede ranch manager and as a pickup man. And he's got the horse of the year. I mean, what more is there to say about Tyler? So without further ado, let's show it to our first interview with Tyler Kraft on episode three of the Short Round Podcast. We'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the Short Round Podcast. We're excited to welcome our first guest of episode three. He's a CFR, Calgary Stampede, and Wrangler NFR pickup man, and he is the ranch manager at the world-famous Calgary Stampede Ranch. Welcome to the show, Tyler Kraft. How's it going, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. So you're coming off a big week in Vegas. You worked your first Wrangler NFR, 10 exciting nights down the Thomas and Mac. You're one of three Canadians to ever work the, the NFR as a pickup man. Talk a bit about how the week went. Yeah, and some of your highlights in down in Vegas. Yeah, it was it was a it was a surreal surreal couple of weeks. Um, the lead up to it from the the bank couple banquets we went to and and then uh, kind of got a little hiccup there with uh, with the UNLV shooting and kind of got missed missed a day there and started up on Friday. But yeah, once we got going, it was uh, just like the rodeo. It was fast paced and it just flew by. Um, you know, once we hit Wednesday where we had two perfs, I mean. Uh, it just, yeah, it, it was gone within, within no time. So yeah, it went by fast, but got to enjoy it. A lot of, a lot of aspects of it and, and uh, yeah, great, great crew and great, uh, you know, picked up a Josh Edwards and was an awesome, had an awesome partner. Couldn't have asked for, for much more. I thought. And you're a, a pretty 
quiet and reserved guy most of the time and, and don't show a whole heck of a lot of emotion. But what was that? What was that feeling like riding into the arena the first time for that first performance? It's honestly, I, I didn't like, like you say, I'd try not to try to keep it to myself as, <laughs> as much as I can, but yeah, that you kind of ride around where the time to vent contestants sit, settle in and, and sit on your horse and boat, I think about 20 minutes before and it's pitch black and you can hear all the sights and sounds and smells of, of, uh, the rodeo getting started and and uh yeah you just basically sit there for 20 minutes in the pitch black and and you just wait and, and honestly the i got the jitters like i've never felt before and but i mean that's that was the awesome part about it i guess i mean that that was a childhood dream to ride into that arena and you know me and my brothers and watch the nfr since you could watch it on the nfr and vhs is war vhs tapes watching it and and so it was it was a dream that that uh i've always wanted to happen and uh yeah to, to be able to ride in there and it, it was awesome and you know once once the first gate cracked and horse came to me you know flank side and picked the guy up and, and then it was it was right right into business but yeah it was uh i would never take it as a as a right to be there it was it was darn darn, darn sure a privilege for sure well and like i said you're you're one of three canadians now to work far as a pickup man Talk a bit about the guys ahead of you, kind of how they paved the way and what it means to you to represent your country kind of in that realm at the NFR. Yeah. Um, Wayne Vold and, and Gary Rempel, the other two that have been able to crack it. I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough thing to crack. I mean, there's only two that ever get picked and, you know, 65 NFRs that have happened. I just things that I've learned and, and from, from other pickup men and to get to that point, And I can't, I mean, you can't thank them enough and what, what you've learned from, either watching or being taught and and uh yeah i mean the, my horses i feel like deserve you know the award just as much as me and and it's it's uh they're they're the ones that i you know give a lot of credit to getting me there so so did you hear from gary and wayne before the before you went down there did they have any words of advice or encouragement yeah for you yeah guys? yeah i got a few texts and then you know wayne wayne was down there so i got to spend a fair bit of time with him a couple of days prior and you know, and it's, it's easy to say when people, oh, shoot, you know, it's just another rodeo, but yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Well, before we move forward, I kind of want to jump into the past season and, and how that went for you. So you were an alternate in 2022. How did you feel coming into 2023? Like, did you feel like you had a pretty good shot to get picked? Was that, is that, was that kind of at the top of your goals for 2023? What, what was, what was that like for you? Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know, it's as a contract personnel like that. I don't know. It's uh, tough to say if it's a, it's a goal. Like, I mean, it's a voted on position. So mm -hmm. the way I kind of think about it is, I mean, you just try to do the best you can at every perf and I'm constantly trying to make my horsemanship better. My horse is better. And, and I mean, that's kind of my end goal as long as I can do my job and, and kind of let the chips fall as, as whether them guys are interested in, in taking to the NFR. So yeah, it was, it was a, 2022 was great and, and being selected as the alternate, but it's, it, it's not being there for sure. So, well, you, you mentioned your horsepower and how important that is. And that's, that's the one thing I love about watching the pickup men. Like you guys ride like unbelievable horses and it's so smooth every time you guys work together and, and, and getting to work with guys like Tyler Thompson and, and that kind of stuff. You guys do a great job. Your horse baby won horse of the year down in the U S and up here. Talk a bit about your horse, how much that means to you to, to be able to ride that, that quality of a horse yeah it's it's uh 
it's, it was the inaugural year. And so that, you know, makes it that much special. It, it might be one of the awards. I never win again there, but yeah, I mean, it's that horse is, has been a great ad- addition for us. We, we've owned it since a Colt and the horse just works, works good all the time. A little, little, little watchy, but I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's works good. And, and uh, I don't think anybody can deny that. So are you, are you raising and training most of your pickup horses then? Or do you, do you yeah, pick some up along the way? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never bought, I've never really bought any like, either yeah I, like i've always i never really had enough money to buy them as started anything so i've always had to do the ground or do the work from the bottom so that's kind of but we've we've been at it for you know a decade and mm-hmm. and so kind of getting horses staged and young horses brought up every year and that's kind of kind of been our what i what i enjoy too it's just not it's just not a it's just not a job it's just i've, I've always started and messed with colts and got them started and and that's what i enjoy in life so well, and, and being on the Stampede Ranch kind of helps you being able to be around that, that amazing stock and, and all the land you guys are on up there. It's, it's like a perfect scenario to be raising pickup horses. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, getting to ride horses and look after horses. I mean, we, we're kind of pretty pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, we got to make our own our own fun and our own entertainment. <laughs> so that's kind of what me and my family do is we ride, ride a lot of horses. Let's talk about Vegas and like the two weeks. Is It's the biggest rodeo in the world. You had the best seat in the house. What were some of the highlights for you throughout the week? Uh, there was there's some crazy moments in the saddlebone riding, the bareback riding. You you got to see it all. What was what was some of your favorite things that happened? Uh, one right off the top of my head would be would be Zeke gone explosive sky world. You know that was world, a match made in heaven, hey? Yeah, current world. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if it was round ten. But I mean, yeah, nothing else, round five. But yeah, current world champion with the with the world champion Bronk and goes ninety one and and I mean that place just absolutely blew up. I don't know. Some of your viewers probably might not think that I liked it, but I, I, I mean, Kai, Kai Hamilton, that was when they played that, that darn song. I don't know what it's called, but it was just such a crazy feeling in the, in that building when they, when they, when he was getting ready to ride. And then even the day that he, the, the night that he got knocked out and, and then that morning, nobody really knew or, or nobody said anything. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden they started, it was just kind of out of the blue, this, this Kai Hamilton's getting they're He's playing back. a song or whatever. Yeah, they're playing <laughs> yeah. a song. And it was like, holy cow, this guy's this guy's he plays for pink slips and yeah. <laughs> so jumping back to that where Kai got knocked out, what are you doing in the, in that scenario as the pickup man trying to help out the bullfighters and everybody else in the arena? Yeah, on him, them them bullfighters are them three guys were so good there. And you know, if that bull was to ever kind of give us enough room to to weasel in there be able to get a rope on him that's that's where we would add it but them guys had that situation as best as they could have it under control with that bulls staying very close to the out gate and and so we were we were close but not we weren't wanting to make it any worse than it was going to be and so it, it went as you know with with what had happened i mean them guys did an amazing job so another guy who did really well down in vegas was a guy you're close with jared parsonage he had a completely night and day different nfr than what he did in 2022 what was it like being able to watch Jared have a great week, come fourth in the average, had a really great ride at the end, round 10. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Great. Great to see it. I, uh, we kind of alternate. I only wrote bulls five nights of the, of the 10 or whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I was sitting in the back there watching and, and, uh, he went out first guy out and ends up winning the round or whatever. But I, when I got a chance to talk to him, I said, I said, do you, you know, I'm your friend. And I said, I was even clapping for you. So <laughs> that's awesome one question i wanted to ask you is is how many people asked you to ride one of your horses in the grand entry 
in the NFR. <laughs> Would have been close to 10, probably. Yeah. Did anything crazy happen? We didn't get to see it on TV, but did anything um, Western happen in the Grand Yeah, Nation? or sold. I only let three, or could only let three of the ones. Like, they wouldn't let us. We, uh, the two bareback horses had to stay put, and then the three, the other three that were saddled went. And so um, Vizic always rode the horse the year baby, and Leighton Green rode the red, red man. And then I kind of alternated my, uh, I had a four-year-old blue horse and a, and a Oscar Walter horse um, that I kind of alternated them from saddling mm-hmm. them. So Ben Ben Anderson got either one of them too. But anyways, I don't actually never even talked to him about it. But they, uh, for whatever reason, on the four-year-old blue horse, Dawson Hay decided to double. Oh, yeah. on, on <laughs> I mean, absolutely had that that poor colt just absolutely oh, no. row locked and right in the flank and made this bugger hog around the whole Thompson <laughs> And I had to sit there and just watch it. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of funny, but it, yeah. it felt sorry for the horse. He was yeah, just, no four, doubt. Four, yeah. four years old and never <laughs> first, yeah. first big rodeo like that. Yeah, oh man, so. that's funny. So now, when you put your Calgary Stampede Ranch Manager hat on at the NFR, how cool was it to watch the success of like the Calgary Stampede Bucking Horses? Like they're, I think they placed on in like pretty much every round and saddle bronc riding on your guys' horses and just all around was a great showing. Yeah. I mean, when we got that list, 18 Bronx and, and five barebacks um, record for Calgary to get that many horses to the, to the finals. And I mean, with comes up, I mean, getting that sort of success, it, it comes that added pressure of hoping that these animals are going to be for, performing and having them, having them in good shape and looking good going into it. And, you know, Ken Hill did a great job all week flanking them and getting them down there safe and sound. Yeah. And then just to go on and have a, uh, you know, they had a great consistent year all year and to go in and finish it off at the NFR and, and I think won a handful of, of go around wins and, mm-hmm. and play, placed on a bunch. And I mean, you couldn't, can't, couldn't ask for a, for a better finals out of them Bronx and yeah, top, top it off with explosive skies, uh, winning the horse of the final or Bronx of the finals, mm-hmm. just, just put an exclamation on, on what an award winning mare. I mean, I, you know, you knock down the bucket list of every, everything that she's won and you're, you're, you're going to run out of things that she's, she can't or hasn't already accomplished oh, yeah. at a fairly young age. I mean, from a bareback horse of the world, bareback horse of the finals and on the opposite end, world record holder. Um, yeah. She's, she's, she's a living legend and, and yeah, just couldn't be more proud of her. Yeah. She is, she's something else. And that, that trip she had around 10 was, was all there. Hey, like that was, yeah, that was awesome just, to see. Just, I mean, Wyatt Casper is as consistent as they come and, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't hit the ground very often. So to put, to put him on the ground in short order like that, I mean, just like I said, put an exclamation point on, on her for sure. Okay. So let's, let's move away from the NFR stuff and go into kind of your, your job with the Calgary Stampede. Talk a bit about like, what is, what's a day in a life for you at the Stampede Ranch on normal days when, when you're not on the road head, heading to rodeos? Yeah, it, Honestly, it varies. There's no no day that's the same. Yeah, we're just basically doing chores. It's pretty pretty low key around here right now. Weather's beautiful. Not too much stuff to go wrong as far as frozen waters, white oats, plowing snow. It's so it's pretty pretty relaxed right now. We can get a few projects done here and there and get caught up on some paperwork and whatnot. But July and June and August are, are a little bit different story. But yeah, it's no different than any other ranch. Um, you know, 80, 80 some miles of fence to. to men men fix repair kind of a thing constantly you know checking horses and and uh water water can be an issue and it's it's going to continue to be an, an issue for, for quite a while around here we're in we're in kind of dire straits out here no yeah no different than a cow calf operation where we're we're breeding stock and and creating the, ne- the next wave wave of horses so 
so you mentioned, yeah, you talk about that next kind of wave of stocks. So what, what goes into that? Like, how are you guys consistently pumping out the, like the world's best bucking horses? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I try to, again, it's, it's all back to the grass, the grassroots, the, the, mm-hmm. the, that come from the people that came before me, the job that they did is, is been able to make me jo- my job easier. And I mean, not to steal a Harry Wold quote, you breed the best of the best and, and hope for the best. And, and I think that's what, what you try to do and everything looks, everything looks good on paper. doesn't mean it's going to always turn out, but, and there's stuff that maybe you're, you know, a little bit dicey on, on the paper and, and it might be the best one you ever seen. So um, I don't think there's any, set formula that's that sets us apart from there's a lot of great breeding programs out there that are that are just as good and and uh yeah i think i think it's just been a feels like goes in waves i guess <laughs> right now we're, we're doing pretty good well and, and it takes a village to to kind of make an operation like that run so why don't you talk a bit some bit about some of the people who kind of help you along the way like, like obviously your family's a very huge part of it and there's some other guys kind of pitching in along the way so talk a bit about the team that goes into building this this great program yeah, there's there's lots of lots of moving pieces with it. We do about 125 performances a rodeo a year, so I mean it it doesn't just happen. But yeah, there's there's uh, Ken Riel Goose. Uh, everyone knows Goose. They've been a flank man for pushing 30 years for Calgary truck driver extraordinaire. Justin Bino, Grant Bino. They're local local guys that help in in many different facets of the ranch and and on the road and at rodeos. Char- Charlie McKinnon's been been. Uh, working at the ranch for a decade now and as solid as a rock quiet guy similar to myself and and uh he's just yeah been a great great asset to the ranch and, and does a good job with it and travis erickson started working and picking up for us in june and and same thing been a great asset and going good so another thing that kind of the calgary stampede and calgary stampede the, the ranch and everything they put a lot of emphasis on growing the bucking stock but another thing you guys try to develop is the youth of rodeo and the, and the, the novice events and stuff one thing I wanted to talk about is how cool was it to see the success of some of the guys who've come through that program, like Zeke and Dawson, Stetson Wright. He's been a Calgary Stampede novice champion. Like how how neat was that to see kind of those guys find their success kind of coming up through that grassroots program? Yeah, I think it's it's an, it's an exceptional, and I think that I mean them, that set of guys. I remember going to the high, or we used to take high school horses to the high school finals in Pinocchio, and I remember that set of guys. I mean, you just knew that they were a cut above anything the world has ever seen. I mean, Leighton Zeke, uh, Clint Lay was was in was in mm-hmm, on that mm-hmm. stuff, and, and like them guys were just so good. Even at that point, you could just tell they were they were they were cut from a different cloth and, and, uh, they were, they were going to raise the level and it, it, it show, and it shows, right. They, them guys have, you know, at a young, young age then, and they're young right now. And, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's so impressive to watch and, and the respect that, uh, you know, Zeke and Layton for as young as they are, they, they just are, are held with, with great respect in the rodeo community. Well, it's crazy. Like Zeke, Zeke's not even 30 and he's already got the four world titles under his belt and, and, and been kicking ass. So I'm, I'm so excited to see what he can do like, yeah. the rest of his career. He can probably win six or seven of the, the damn things. So that's pretty cool. How do you balance everything? You got the ranch manager stuff. You got the pickup man schedule. You're a busy guy. Lots going on. How do you, how do you find, how do you able to keep yourself sane and, and balance everything you got going on? I don't know. I don't suggest going to Las Vegas for two, two weeks. I know that, but, um, <laughs> it uh yeah i don't know i think i got a good wife and and three kids and i know we do every try to do everything as a family and and that's kind of our 
our our thing i guess is is horses and rodeos and stuff like that so i think that really helps and i think if i was to detach my family from the rodeo scene i think it, it would make it a lot harder mm-hmm. but we're we kind of stay as stay as one group and 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 as whole and like i said you got great great people charlie and, and goose that pick up my slack when i fall short so can't can't say you know can't appreciate them anymore or more right what is what's 2024 look like for you guys you specifically get another busy year on the trail are you gonna be gunning for another nfr what what's what's it look like for tyler craft and family yeah i think uh kind of no different than the other year um yeah just hopefully going to provide a good product at the rodeos and do a good job. And yeah, our kids are getting busy with, with junior rodeos and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, gotta kind of, hopefully they don't steal too many of my horses and, and uh, but I can still go pick up at a few rodeos. That's going to be the tough part when you're, when you're battling over your good pickup horses for the, for yeah, the rodeo the, horses. Eh? The, the battle has begun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So on the production side of things, how, how important is that to you guys and, and how, are you paying attention to other places you go or other rodeos you attend to stuff you can pull into what you deliver at the stampede and other places that you guys go with your, with your crew? You know, I, I don't have a lot to do with the production side. I mean, we, we're just kind of the buck and horse type of thing, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that you see throughout a year, uh, throughout the year, whether it be from a Houston or for, you know, all them Texas rodeos, they, they're, they're so, uh, they seem very innovative and, and kind of always, so, I mean, just little reports you can, you can take back to the office and, you know, the mares and Colts thing that, I mean, that's been a kind of a staple in the Calgary Stampede yeah. deal for, for seven or eight years now. And, you know, I mean, that was a, that was a idea taken from Houston, but you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, the, the, the regular rodeo, um, watch people that are watching road is regular. I might see it all the time, but I mean, it, it is a very new thing for the, your first time rodeo, rodeo mm-hmm. Pearson walk new, new, uh, people coming in so i mean the, lots of times the people that are coming to calgary probably aren't watching you know aren't gonna go to houston <laughs> yeah. it's it's it, you can say recycled but it's it's their own spin and and, and that's the cool thing about it is it the calgary stampede is they're showcasing their own or their own horses right which is which is very very mm-hmm. cool uh well so one event i forgot to ask about and i've been I, I would love to hear how like kind of your through your lens how it all came together is, is the the hard grass bronc match was it's become like the premier saddle bronc riding event in canada or in the world you could even say it's just a one day kind of bull riding pbr style bucking horse event it's it's awesome in the middle of a field central alberta talk a bit about that and how that's come together and what it's turned into over these past few years i mean that that was just uh basically one of them just a night that you scratched a piece of paper and kind of drew a little bit of a of a scale on what what you wanted to see and kind of took it to the the berry creek egg society board and thought you know we, we they were doing a mud bog and you know kind of heard rumblings about how you know this doesn't make any money this doesn't do nothing for the community and and so that was kind of the idea got tossed around and a few of us uh local people and the help of of the, the ranch and got it up and lifted and kind of bag steel and borrowed to get the get the first year on 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 its feet and i mean i've never never been in around an event that have that has gained this much yeah, traction in such a short amount of so oh, short amount crazy of if you're if you're connected to the rodeo world at all you know about yeah. this event like so many like there's been the world record's been broken there twice now like it's insane and you know the the community and the, the the province and you know even even what like western canada gets behind there's people that are traveling from big hours to get just to come to it like i said it's it's 
for such a small event that's quite new in the whole scheme in the whole scheme of things it uh you know it, it's you know people talking oh you know bucket list uh, you know got to go to cheyenne and, and calgary and pendleton and, and uh, uh, pollockville i need to go there too and it's like yeah, them shouldn't go them shouldn't go together but for whatever reason it uh it uh for a little event that the, yeah the community is just really got behind it and and made it into an exceptional event and i mean yeah. and and same thing i mean the great horses and and this wave of bronc riders is is there there's much the success of it all i mean mm -hmm. they they create, they create the storyline whether they know it or not and every every year and it's it's just one thing after another them them you know the clay elliott's the the Leighton, um, all past winners and, and whatnot of it. And, um, them guys, they, they, they were young and it, they, they've turned it into what it is. It was not just the buck and horses of the community. I mean, them, them guys, they, they set up the whole deal. It's, it's kind of like for, for me, like coming from the, of like a bull riding more of that experience, like it's kind of like the Glenn Keeley bull riding in, in, in Claire's home. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's just something in the air where it's like, there's 90 point rides or the guys that bring their best, and the and the animals bring their best at that for that night. It's such a cool event. It's definitely like <laughs> I can see I can like being there. I can see why people have it on their bucket list and why they put it up there with the Pendletons, the Calgarys, that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool what you guys have done. I I think it's a great event. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit of the old west out here, and it's just there's not too many rules, and you kind of get to come and let your hair down for the weekend for sure. <laughs> well, case okay, so before I let you go, Tyler, I wanna I wanna know as we're heading into the new year. What are some of the up and coming stampede buckers we should be watching for in 2024? Oh shoot, I don't, I don't ever like to brag <laughs> on horses because they they make a liar out of you every time. But I mean, one right off the, I guess just thinking um, after great had a great Canadian finals. Um, there's a horse called Flying Karma. She was a five year old that we bucked at the Canadian finals. They won both both rounds that they used her in at the Canadian finals, and the the, the six year old horse that won won. Uh, both rounds that they used throughout the NFR. I mean, to, for a young horse to go into their first finals like that and to bat a thousand, I mean, that's, it's, it's incredible. And, and uh, so them, them two horses, exotic warrior and flying karma, I think two horses that have never been to the Canadian finals or the NFR to go into each one of their respected finals and, and bat a thousand, I think then we're get, definitely going to be horses to watch for moving forward. Yeah. I just, I think there's a lot of, a lot more to where that, that come from for sure. But um like I said, I don't like to <laughs> we'll leave, we'll leave it at I that. I don't like to put too many on pedestals. <laughs> we don't want uh, anybody coming to you next time. We're angry at you being like, I have a bet on this horse. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, I, I really appreciate appreciate you taking the time, Tyler. Congratulations on a great season all around. It's it's been fun to watch you from my perspective, and I'm sure everybody else has really enjoyed watching you do your work. Like you're one of the best and and yeah, all the best in 2024. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Tyler Kraft for joining us in the short round. He had a great season. It was fun to catch up with him and hear about a great Wrangler NFR. And that brings us to our next segment where I'm joined by the CPRA announcer of the year, Brett Gardner. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining me. Man, I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. I appreciate you. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't think of a better person to go through kind of 2023 and the year that was in Pro Rodeo than then the, the microphone assassin, the the 12 time announcer <laughs> of the year himself. So I'm really excited to kind of go through this and kind of recap what, what 2023 was. Yeah. 2023 uh, was a pretty amazing year. I have to say, and, you know, coming off what you just mentioned in the cowboy himself, Tyler Kraft, 
I mean, what a what a great 2023 it was for him to get to, to be selected to not only go to the CFR, but the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and have the pickup horse of the year. It's pretty amazing. That guy is, I always use it and overuse it probably as an announcer. It's like, you know, that guy makes John Wayne proud. Like if there's a modern day John Wayne, Tyler Kraft is it. Uh, and uh, I just have tremendous respect for him. So what a cool, what a cool time in 2023. But, um, you know, I have to say, I think 2023 just collectively as a whole year, it was really cool to, I think, see Western sports back and really have a strong foothold again after having a year or two off. And then uh, 2022, everybody was still kind of, I think, you know, just feeling things out. Yeah. And 2023 is like, man, we're back. We're here. We ain't going anywhere. We're getting better, bigger, stronger, faster. So it was yeah. really cool. Well, it's cool to see, like, you look at the the numbers from this year. With Membership was up. Payout was up. There was tons of performances. I think that was a really cool part of it. Yeah. So you spent a lot of time on the road this past year. I want to know kind of before we get into the to the action inside the arena, I want to know kind of what were some of your personal highlights? Like you, said, you spent a lot of time out there. You're at all the big rodeos in the country. So what are some, some personal highlights for you? I think kind of more of the same. Like it was just really cool to see Western sports back and, and flourishing. And I think really it's just to see it trending in that direction. It's it's so cool. And now I think in my career personally, being you know in it for over 20 years as an announcer and in the professional rodeo game since 2006, that's when I announced my first pro rodeo when I was 21 years old. And then to see the sport grow. But this year it's been really cool because as my career has kind of evolved, just a different look at it's uh, how I see the events and I've really come to just appreciate and be grateful for the opportunity to, to have a microphone and to get to tell the stories of all the incredible rodeo athletes that, uh, that are out there. So I think for me personally, it was really a neat year. It was probably as much fun as I've ever had in my career. And there was as much enjoyment and joy out of doing my job as I've ever had. So personally, I think that was really, really cool for me. And I know, again, I've been leaning on this a lot, but just this idea of like, you know, why we do things and, and really I'm at the point in my career where I just, man, I love the people so much and I just want to do the best job I can for them to give them everything I got to just show my appreciation and love for the sport and, and hope that maybe a little bit of that kind of leaks into the grandstand. So uh, it's been, been pretty cool that way for 2023 for me personally. Well, like one of the, one of the really cool things from, as I guess from the CFR, so the end of the season, I guess you could say, but I loved the openings this year. We, it, it, was a, yeah. it was a big, it was last year in Red Deer, you guys, like between you, Nikki Flunder, and Keenan Vine, you guys put a lot of effort into really bringing to life the openings with the the representatives going the NFR by province, the working cowboy, like everything that came together. I thought that was some of the best openings at a rodeo that I've ever seen. Cool. And you can, and you could hear it in your voice, the, the emotion and how much that meant to you and how proud you were to be part of those moments. I, it was such a cool, cool thing to be part of. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and you said some really important names there with Keenan Vine and Nikki Flunder. Nikki Flunder has really been such a huge force in building those openings for years and years ever since I went to my first CFR in 2013 she was there as a huge part of the opening and of course her dad Jim who's really a legend in that game preceded her and then brought Nikki in and Nikki loves western sports and rodeo and horses as much as anybody has I've, I've ever met and then you know Keenan Vine is just uh the master when it comes to production and trying to weasel in every little extra idea thought minute um, and to see those two collaborate and come together with those ideas was really, really cool. And then to put some words down on paper and make it happen. And one of the things that I was probably most excited about this year, alongside those things that you mentioned, was the ability to really bring in that patriotic feel. I think that's always in our game and um, in the roles that you've played and me as well. We often talk about 
you know, if we're to compare to the United States of America and we say, hey, they're way more patriotic than we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that they're way more patriotic, but they express it more mm-hmm. freely and in a different way. And they're more willing to. And there's this just immense external pride that we see. And having a little bit of time to spend some time down there and uh, to talk to some other people about it. I had a chance to chat with Nikki and with Keenan. And I said, hey, let's maybe bring some more of this Canadian feel into this. And if we can just, is there spots for that? And of course, you know, Nikki and Keenan were were all for it and the team at Westerner Park. And so we all just went to work on it. And even though it was just kind of 30 and 45 seconds, we just tried to kind of establish that real Canadian feel because I know that I'm a proud Canadian. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of the country and the freedoms that we have and the people that fight for it. So um, I think that was one of the cool moments for me at the CFR, among many, but that was pretty special. <laughs> so we kind of alluded to it. There's there's a lot of great action throughout the rodeos this summer. There's 90-point rides, fast runs. Yeah. Moment after moment just kept stacking on top of each other. So what were some of your favorite things from the past season that you maybe got to call, got to see, that type of thing? Sure. Man, that's a – it's a – I know I'm going to miss lots. Let me just preface this. There's so many. This is not a top ranking list, by the way. This is just like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're going to be done. Oh, I forgot that voice. Um, You know, and I got the greatest job in the world to be able to call that action and, you know, have the best seat in the house. But one that came to mind was was Tim Kemp. Um, Later in the season, Tim Kemp would go to Armstrong. He Mm -hmm. was 3 5 in the SMS Pro Tour final. And uh, he won a bunch of money to come kind of, you know, out of nowhere and challenge for a position at the CFR again. And then at Old Toberfest, he's three or three, six, I think, to win that rodeo to win, you know, nearly $2,000 to kind of punch his ticket to another CFR. It's just kind of that late season charge from a really cool guy. And not that I know Tim well at all, but coming from Ontario and seems like Mm -hmm. such a great guy, you know, really finished strong. So it was kind of interesting to see that body work because of course, as an announcer kind of mid August, we're really starting to pay attention to those top 12, what stories are shaping up. And Tim was certainly one of them. I mean, he won the majority of his money in kind of that fourth quarter and that late season charge. So it's really cool to see that. I think another moment too, that I, that I wasn't a part of, but any time that they break a record or do something mm-hmm. like that. And when Tate and Keg and Schmidt were three, three, um, you know, at the tour finals there to really start the 2023 calendar year, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, like cool, they yeah. come from, you know, generations of a team roping family and cousins and, you know, fathers, mothers, grandfathers, everybody's so important in that family when it comes to rodeo and team roping. And to see what they do is pretty sweet. Do you think three, three, like that's amazing. That's nuts, yeah. That's the yeah. World record. That's tied for the world right. record. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah, pretty cool. And, and then I think the other moment season wise is just to acknowledge like, the body of work that Lynette Broadway put together oh, yeah. this season was phenomenal. And um, I was having a conversation with Dave Paulson right before the CFR. And he said, I think the only rodeo that she won was near the end of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like she had one win and I, I'm not sure it was Edmonton or, or where it was. And pardon me, I should, I should know. Um, but like, she just, the picture of consistency and showed mm-hmm. up every time yeah. and, you know, just a, a record setting, kind of pace and season type of thing. So so that was really cool for, for me to see. Well, and that was the same thing at the CFR for her. Like she didn't really knock shoot the lights out in any of the rounds, but she just was always getting times like staying consistent and one and end up really good in the average. So like that's the testament to that consistency throughout the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, she uh, it's pretty cool to see it. And and I think too, um, you know, another one that comes to mind throughout the season and like 
Strathmore is always such a good rodeo. Mm -hmm. I, um, and again, Noah Fab, I get to work so many wonderful perfs. I'm so fortunate. Uh, but that Monday in Strathmore, there was something about it, even though yeah. it went away from that final round. I mean, it's sold out and Strathmore is just rocking and rolling. And, you know, Logan Hayes, 89 there, I think, on mm -hmm. Elvira, Wayne Volds, and Edgar's 89 and a half. Bo Cooper's like a, a short eight. Yep. Um, but the coolest <laughs> moment was probably uh, for Canadian Pro Rodeo was that they go ahead with um, the, the review, the video review. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. first first time. First ever one happened. ever, yeah, 100%. Like, you talk about making history. And I mean, and Tanner Gerlitz has been working so hard mm -hmm. to make that a reality alongside Denny Phipps and with the support of the CPRA and some of its membership. It's uh, It was really, really cool to get to kind of fumble my way through that is exactly what I did because I'm like what am I doing what am I saying I don't know what's he you know but it was really cool uh, and I just think it shows that the sport's progressing so man there's so many cool moments yeah. we could go on for hours but those are the, the one I wanted to ask you about was it's maybe not a, like a moment that stands out too far or just with the season that, that Zeke Thurston had but the yeah. first round of the CFR when he got bucked sure. off to how quiet that building went I want to what, what was that like for you being behind the microphone I think like everything else, it's like you're just shocked, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's not supposed to. Like, no, like no. you said, it it just you could hear a pin drop. Everybody yeah. in there, right? Everybody in there just knew, like what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And it was what it. And I always say too, and, and one of the things as announcers, we joke back and forth, and even when you and I get to work together, it's like, you know. I have my own opinion and it's, you know, lots of times it's wrong, but we'll be setting up a ride. We think somebody's going to be 85 yeah. and they're 77 and a half. You know, I see the left <laughs> side and I don't see the right. Donna, you know, oh, this is incredible. And they're like 77 and a half for, for a share of seventh. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness sakes, you know, but same thing with Zeke. I mean, Sean Morton lays one in. I mean, it's just bringing the heat, setting the tone. I'm trying to, drive the drama for you know <laughs> arguably the greatest of all time and then i'm like oh boy you know at the end of the gate comes <laughs> oh, no. down yeah oops like, um, dang. right so really what i think he was doing is i think you know zeke's such a nice guy he'd plan that just to maybe let people think they had a chance just to come crack and get the door open right just so, like, that's what i'm going home. with yeah so, yeah but then but then seeing him just go back to work oh. like you know just okay all right, move on. And so now yeah. it's round number two and I'm going to go win that and you're not going to catch me. Yeah. The young one... athlete needs mm -hmm. to kind of watch what he does, you know? Yeah. Like once he, once he gets that, that motor or that, that kind of momentum going, like there's no stopping him. We saw it in Vegas over the past couple of weeks. Like just yeah, right, for, win the first round and then, okay, see you guys later. You're not going to touch me the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when he does it as such a proud father and husband and all of those things. So that's, what's, you know, so special about that guy. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a good point you make about Zeke with, like if you're a young rodeo person, if you're looking for someone to, to emulate or kind of try and be like, that's the one guy. Like, and that's across the board from how he operates in the arena, out of the arena, how he deals yeah. with people in the media, people involved in committees and, and sponsors and that kind of stuff. Like he covers the whole field when it comes to, to, to being a professional. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, as, as me as a pretty proud father and then, in, you know, the world I work in with the, the mental health and performance space a lot of times, too, when I'm when I'm not at a rodeo, um, you know, that guy's just, yeah, someone that so many people can kind of model their own life after and, um, you know, hopefully be really successful in it like he is because he stands up for what he believes in. He's authentic. And, and I mean, what you see is what you get. And it's uh, just a wonderful, wonderful family man and a great talent. So pretty cool stuff. 
So before we wrap things up, Brett, I want to jump into 2024. It's going to be a big season yeah. across the board, pro rodeo wise. Pinocchio's adding more prize money. There's, there, we're going to be rolling, and you got some awesome stuff happening on your end too. So can you let us give us a little bit of insight what's to expect in 2024? Yeah, man, I think 2024 rodeo wise, CPRA wise, I'm really excited. Um, I think even just I, I'm going back to that, but the general trend, you know, mm-hmm. everything just seems to be trending the right way. Um, we've seen record crowds. And like you said, pinocchio has got more money. I mean, the last couple of years, we've seen the return of the Dawson Creek spring breakup. Uh, you know, there's been the Valley West stampede come back on board with the crew coming out of Cloverdale, you know, gateway to the West pro rodeo, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just the addition of stuff. It's just so cool, right? Lots of, lots of really neat opportunities. So lots of new stuff going on. So I'm excited for that because I think that trend is going to continue, but this next generation is, you know, even back to the idea of CFR, you had three or four guys, the the Coy Schmitz or the Ashton mm-hmm. Sullies or the Jet Lamberts. Like there's this next wave, the Cooper Rash, the, uh, you know, Austin Hines, the the Bo Coopers of the world. It's it's pretty cool stuff. So I'm really excited to see those guys continue to grow within the sport. Um, so that's probably what's most exciting. I'm excited for the CFR to return to Edmonton and whatever right, part yeah, I yeah. get to play, whether it be <laughs> yeah. as an announcer, a fan, or whatever it may be. I think that's really cool too. I was I was fortunate enough to to be a part of the CFR in Edmonton for a few years. So mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. to see and feel what that city felt like. I also, you know, got to spend the five years in Red Deer, which they did a tremendous job, mm-hmm. I really felt. And and I tell the story a little bit. I said the, the bittersweetness of it on, on uh, it was maybe Saturday. Ben Anderson, I kind of missed it. Ben Anderson beat me to the punch, and he makes a really nice bronc ride. And um, Sean Morton's there, and I kind of missed it. Um, but the crowd just came to it. They just came apart, yeah. and I thought, you know, we got him to a really nice point. Everybody had worked <laughs> yeah. really hard to get him, and, uh, you know, Red Deer was in a place that I think they were really liking the CFR, and I'm sure if, if things shook out differently, they'd love to keep it. But mm-hmm. it didn't work that way, and and that's the way it goes. And, and uh, back to Edmonton, but also having had – the opportunity to work inside Rogers place and feel what that building feels like in the Western sports world um, is pretty exciting on my end for whoever gets the opportunity to, to call the action Mm -hmm, at the mm -hmm. CFR, you know, next year. So um, yeah, looking forward to those things. And, and um, personally, I just, uh, I I said it, I think of my acceptance speech for, for announcer of the year, which I feel so fortunate and humbled to to receive, but it's like, I finally feel like personally, I've, I've got this thing figured out a little bit. And I'm excited to go do my best work yet. So, so I'm really excited for 2024 personally and um, time for me to kind of grow and evolve and, and credit to the next generation of announcers that's coming because um, they're working hard and they're pushing hard and uh, playing the game, you know, so it's, uh, it's been really cool. So it's reminded me that, um, you know, I got to get back to work and, and continue to earn these opportunities to tell these stories. So lots of cool things in 2024, my friend. Well, man, we're, we're super excited and congratulations again on a great season. We really appreciate you joining us on the show and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that stuff. And, and we'll, we'll definitely catch up with you in 2024. Likewise, my friend. Appreciate you. All right. This has been the third episode of the Short Round Podcast. I'm your host, Wacey Anderson, and we will catch you down the road next time. Mm-hmm.